Welcome to another episode of Love Notes. This is Taquita Love, a nurse and a comedian. You think you could bring your brother the clear machine home? You know the reviver. <laughs> and I'm talking to my funny friends about medical mishaps. Clear! You are listening to Love Notes. Hey, y'all, we got writer, producer, actress, comedian, Keetra Long in the building. Hey, what up? Hey, thank you for coming, girl. Of course, of course. Of course. First, tell me how you became a comedian. Um, The journey, like, what made you be like, yeah? Fucking L.A. (laughs) L.A. I mean, I came out here, um, of course. I was always a class clown, you know. I love Martin. Um, the greats, Jamie Foxx, um, all those people that we grew up watching. Mm -hmm. And I never knew that stand-up was actually a job, you Mm -hmm. know. I knew they were being funny in their sitcoms, but I never knew, like, the art form of stand-up. Um, but I do remember the first joke I remember, Mm -hmm. um, it was Dave Chappelle, and it was his joke about the word nigger uh-huh. and how they decided. If you uh-huh. watched him on Def Jam, that was the very first joke that I put to memory and can recite it word for word. Uh-huh. Like, that was like the ultimate joke. Anyway, moved to L.A. I mean, I was always determined to get the fuck out of Alabama. Um, Came to L.A. Accent ain't like, went nowhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what do you want? <laughs> um, ooh, I'm coming in hot. Um, um, yeah, so... When I came, you know, I was acting, ready to take this thing by storm. I actually went to a party and met this very important publicist. And she was like, oh, what else do you do? I mean, I was like, I guess I can sing. I can dance and stuff. And she was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is L.A. You're going to need to do a lot of things more than just one. And I was like, Psh, ah, fuck you. Uh, I'm great. I'm amazing. I'm about to act. I'm about to win an Oscar <laughs> tomorrow. Um Anyway, at the end of the night, she was like, you're a comedian. Get your ass on stage. And I was like, what? Do what? How do you do that? That went by. Me and my friends were at a, that, that after that. My friends were there as well. That went by. Um, Kept in contact with her. Randomly, and she kept telling my friends, like, hey, make sure she get on stage. Make sure she get on stage. And I was like, whatever. Randomly, I was looking on Craigslist for jobs and the arts and entertainment section. I don't know if y'all remember this, but um, you know Crazy Cindy. Mm, I know remember her. Crazy I remember Cindy. Her. Well, did she have advertisements? On fucking Craigslist. No. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> on Craigslist, and she was like, "Hey, are you funny?" I was like, uh-huh. "Why, yes, I am." <laughs> do you wanna? Can do you have a lot of friends? Why, yes, I do. Can you bring people to make them laugh? I was like, "Why, yes, I can." <laughs> and then um. I got on stage, um, killed it in front of 35 to 40 of my friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had 40 friends I in LA at that <laughs> Yeah, at that time. I have no friends now. No. no. Um, yeah, killed it, of course. Brought the whole house down. Um, and, you know, I was like, ah, this is for me. Of course I'm about to do this. Um, I did, like, two more bringer shows. Killed it. Mm-hmm. Brought all my friends out. Um, did like 30, 40 more shows after that, bombed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to get good at this shit. <laughs> was it you all know, your friends in the audience every time? No. <laughs> no. Once you stop bringing your friends, that's when that's you when, realize. That's when the test be like. Uh, you ain't that cute, bitch. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> like, write some jokes. Right, right, write mm-hmm. some jokes. Because um, what it is is your friends know your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the idea of what we do 
first and foremost is selling yourself to people. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, yeah, like they see you and they like people might see me and be like, oh, she's cute, like whatever, mm-hmm. and they hope I'm funny. But next step is I gotta damn be funny now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and I'm not one to back down for a challenge. I wanted to figure out why and how to put the pieces together and actually how to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, I got stuff in the beginning. People were presenting me with opportunities that I wasn't ready for, and then I was I wanted to learn the craft, and mm-hmm. so that was it. And how did you learn the craft? Went to some open mics. I failed at it. Uh, mm. Oh, you can't fail at open mics. No, 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 no. Um, I failed at it. I started failing at it on stage after I stopped bringing my friends. Okay. It, the, the, that, that laughing got a little bit quieter. Mm-hmm. Those rules got a little bit more silent. And <clears throat> so I knew a couple of people. Um, Barry Brewer. Shout out to Barry Brewer. I love Barry. Um, from Chi-Town. Chi-Town. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, and then it was a couple of more people that, um, I started going to the Ha Ha Cafe. Mm-hmm. And Tony Baker, Tour Hart, like, we were all, like, starting out doing stand-up. And then they they would have open mics. So somebody told me, I forgot who it was. They were like, yeah, this is where you go to hone your skills and find out mm-hmm. how to do stand-up or whatever. And I would just watch the people. I mean, and I was still failing. That's when I learned, like, oh, you got to write, learn how to write a joke. <laughs> like, how to actually punchline Set up punchline, <laughs> you know, you gotta mm-hmm. learn how to beat it out. And, um, you know, especially watching Tony from like. Tony Baker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him. From like the beginning, you know, you just know. It's certain people you just know. And then you you sit there and you watch them like, damn, why you gotta be so good? But to, to see how long, <laughs> but, how much time he failed at it. No, uh, he was good. No, he was good, but that. You Wait. know, the repetitions, the work we got to do yeah, to get good. Yeah, 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 Because you don't realize, like, okay, he was good. And that was just the bare minimums mm-hmm. of what he had working from bare bones. Like, so let's just say we were at the same level, uh, starting with nothing, and he was already good. So even for me to even get good, I would have to do three times what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Just to be his his regular, his basic self you know what i mean mm-hmm. if that makes sense does that make sense yeah i feel you you felt like because he was already killing it without all the work yet yeah that you felt like you had to work three, three times, times as hard. hard just to be what he was at basic yeah 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 you i mean and of course i mean that's of course like when i saw you when i saw anybody you you know you want to bring them in because if you're around like medi- mediocrity you're going to be mediocre. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're around somebody great, you always have something to aspire for. Yeah. If they you, pull you up. Yeah. If you the best in your crew, then you ain't doing something right. Yeah. I agree with that. I never want to be the best. I mean, yeah. Once you become the best, you need to find new people to hang out exactly. with. Exactly. So they can make you better. And then you could upscale and make somebody else better. And, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I had a um, I had an experience where I took my niece to Chicago. She was maybe two or maybe two. Not even. Maybe like a year and a half. And all the cousins, she didn't know how to walk yet, whatever the age is. She wasn't walking. That's the, that's the point. Went to. And, um, and so she, but she wasn't around a lot of kids, right? So we go to Chicago for a week and, you know, I'm at home with all the family, all the cousins. So where she, all the kids running around and she like crawling and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. By the time we left, she was up walking 
And that's how people around you, if they doing it, you know, you be like, they gonna leave me. Right. You know, like I want some of these toys and some of these cookies and treats right. too. It's scary. Uh -huh. that's, that's a scary. I mean, it's you innate know. though. We know. Yeah. You know, like in comedy, just the group of people we came up around, like you, it scares you. You be like, shit, everybody about to leave me. It's like I gotta get good, cause they, cause they won't respect you, and especially being a female. Mm -hmm. Like when we hit those mics, like Amsterdam and all those places we used to hit, it was an all boys club, and they cheer each other on. And then when it was time for a girl, they go out in the back and talk and do everything. So you have to earn your respect. So not only are you trying to earn your respect, and you just, I mean, just earning the respect of your peers is one thing, but then it earning the respect of the audience, the club owners, the promoters, yep. the bookers. It's it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. And you always standing in front of just people who are who are good and who big each other up because they like, oh, I know this dude good. I'm going to be around him. And they're like, ah, oh, man, your last time, your last time, you went so good out of the box. So <laughs> you be embarrassed. It's embarrassing as fuck to fail. <laughs> you mean bombing? Yes. You, when was, what was your worst bomb? Oh, shit. I'm going to tell you, ma'am. I'm going to hear yours first. Man, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, wait. No, look. Tell me yours first. Tell me yours. So, okay, my worst bomb. Um, I was at a, I was, I was finally at a level. I was like, oh, I'm funny because I have booked a show, um, a corporate gig. Right? <laughs> I, I booked a corporate gig and it was me. Anika Williams had booked me on the show. Um, Sean Grant, Jesus Sepulveda. Um, so it was, it was the four of us on this show. I went on stage and you know, like I wasn't in the, I, I wasn't good with crowd work yet. Or I didn't know that when you do corporate gigs, you can't, that's not a comedy club. You can't go up there and be like, da -da. <laughs> joke one, you was, you was at the, joke two. You was at the corporate gig doing this. <laughs> this is my first corporate gig, Keetra. Well, my first, and let me tell you, I bombed for, so bad. Star Tudor? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, it was professional. It was like a professional thing. And it was like people at a like company. <laughs> No, I didn't do crowd work at all. Oh, I just did straight jokes. Oh. And they was looking at me like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then when I, like, when I got off stage, uh, Sean Grant was there and I sat next to him because we, it was like a table and it was like a dinner set up and everything with a comedian sat in like a nice space, you know, like in an area together. And, um, and I was saying, uh, the first thing I said when I sat down, he was like, I wish I could have just clicked my heels like Dorothy and been somewhere else. He was like, <laughs> you should have said that on stage. Oh! <laughs> and then because oh! that would have, that was true. And so that, that was the first time that I was like being in the room and being myself is funnier than trying to force comedy. Yeah. Cause you know, the joke writing, you write the jokes. Okay. I got the joke. Oh, and people laugh and I know they're going to laugh here. I know that. But then it's like, but you gotta, you, you funny normally. So like, why don't you be yourself? And literally the reaction I got when I sat down at that table, well, the reaction from the audience was nothing. They was like, bitch, bye. Right. 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 <laughs> and they was like, you know, they, they wanted to laugh. They was just like, we trying. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I sat down and I'll never, I'll never forget this. Sean Grant turned to the right. Like he, well, he turned away from me. He was like, I don't want none of that on me. Like the bombing. <laughs> And I, I <laughs> he's like, don't, uh, don't rub that off on me. And it was just like, you know, it was one of those moments where I got paid and I felt like I was like, I'm getting paid for real, like nice money. And I took it. And then, you know, like, I think I talked to other comedian friends that I respected and they was like at corporate gigs, you got to go and you have to talk to people. They got the warming up as a nurse, you know, like when I go into somebody's room to give them a shot, I don't be like, Hey, shot, bam. You know, I'd be like, Hey, you know, I warm them up. Like, how you, and so. That was my that was my worst bomb to today.
till yeah. today. And I learned so much from that because now I be, you know, at least I talk and be like, sister, brother, you know, cut, you know, hey, y'all. And then I bring it in, but that's that's me. Now I want to know yours. Now you yeah, got mine. Yeah, yeah. You that's, got mine. That's, that's one of those things where, like, yeah, you, 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 you kind of, um, but you don't learn unless you do that, unless you go through it. Nobody was nobody was going to tell me ahead of time, make sure you do some crowd work. Make sure you say what's up to sister and brother. You know, like, make sure you be interactive before you hit them with this eight minutes that you know going to kill. Right. And the eight minutes didn't do nothing. <laughs> the eight minutes died. <laughs> you wasted your time there, Nails. It was like, okay, I got pamphlets in the back. And, uh... If you sit at a table and none of the comedians look at you and want to talk to you, that's that, when you know you, know you, you bombed. bombed. Yeah. <laughs> and if somebody real, really real, which one be like, look, don't get none of that on. Don't even look at me. Can you sit at another table? Oh, no. <laughs> like, that, man, that's why. That's, that's the worst part about comedy is your peers. It's like, okay. So, my worst bomb story was, all right. So, I mean, I used to be in the mix. I used to be in L.A. thick. So, I met Neo, the singer. You know Neo, mm -hmm. the singer? Uh, I had met him at like a Grammy party, some, and um, I don't know. I think I'm very charismatic or what have you, and people just naturally are drawn to me, and and I'm never trying to be funny. I'm just that's mm -hmm. just the way I relate to people, and uh, my friend's like, she's a comedian. He's like, oh, you're a comedian, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna come to your next show. When is your next show? I was like, tomorrow. He's like, okay, I'm gonna come. I didn't think he was gonna come. Why my next show was at the J spot? Oh no, I ain't oh. never, I never did well at that. Oh, my my show was at the J spot. <clears throat> so Neo, his manager, his security, we walk in the J spot. I'm deep. First of all, I'm at this point, I'm maybe six months, six seven months into comedy. Okay, maybe we walk in. I'm like, oh, about to do this. <laughs> they ain't gonna see this coming. I forgot who it was. I know Jackie Fabulous was there. And she had just, I think she had just ate it too. But this the J spot, okay? <laughs> so then she get off stage. I'm whispering in her ear. Right. Now, <laughs> let me tell you what a fucking rookie I am, okay? I'm like whispering in her ear. Yeah, you got to finesse them. And this is what you got to do to get them. <laughs> this is Jackie Fabulous. I mean, I'm talking America's Got Talent right now, Jackie Fabulous. And I'm telling her what she got to do to get the crowd, right? Six, seven months in. Whoever, I don't, maybe it was Derek Ellis, I don't know. Or it was maybe somebody younger. I forgot who it was. But whoever it was, they introduced me. They was like, yeah, come to the stage, this next young lady. She got to be funny. She got her whole team here. They huh. in the VIP area. Uh, huh. Give it up for Catch Her Long. <laughs> so I get on stage. I'm like, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> it's Keetra. In my first joke. Second joke. <laughs> oh, okay. Third joke. Mind you, Neil, his management team in the back eat wings with the champagne. I'm like, um, uh, okay. So, uh, wait. At this point, I was like, hit him with your closer. Hit him with your closer. This for real. You just... They can't deny that. That's what get you laugh. Hit him with the closer. Quita, this dude <laughs> put his fucking foot on the stage and was like, damn, baby, you fine, but you ain't funny. I was, okay. Okay, well, 
Give me the light. Where is the light? Where is the light? That's the. Is that not the word? You here's looking the, for the light and it ain't there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing in LA. People are like, oh, I got booed at this. Yo, I rather get booed. People don't even understand what it's like to not get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and still have to do your time. <laughs> to still have to do your time. Like, those booze that Apollo mean get off stage. At least you're like, okay, they don't like me, get off stage. But when you sit down suffering through that shit, <laughs> you get he, he put his foot on his thing. He was a thug, thug, too. He was like... Yeah, that's the J spot. <laughs> he was like, damn, baby, you fine, but you ain't funny. <laughs> And then I told that joke, and then uh, I was like, "That was my best joke." <laughs> Did you get a laugh off of that? No. Mm. <laughs> oh, when I said that was that my was my best, best joke. Yeah. yeah. They, they, <laughs> wait, this is the worst reaction I got. This how you know. This how I used to know how bad I used to be at comedy. Um, when I used to do black rooms, no matter where I went, it was always one old lady in the back. I like her. <laughs> the, 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 the keep going baby like you good like yeah. you was funny honey yeah. that lady that the lady. one that's just like I gotta make sure she believes in herself and that's how I knew I was horrible <laughs> whenever somebody hollered out I like her cause that means that let everybody else know I don't like her ass I don't this bitch is not funny get her off the stage I was so embarrassed every time that happened to me <laughs> I wanted to put Memphis Wheel. I think he took us to a show in Inglewood, Compton. It was somewhere deep, deep. And it was like 40 people maybe in this room. We got paid, too. And I bombed. And, yeah, true to form, it was the old bitch in the back like, you did good, baby. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Shoot me. Just, just let me go outside and die peacefully. It a game. But those moments make it a lot better. Yeah, like, I mean, now I can talk about it because I know how to get a laugh now, like anywhere. And I know how to feel comfortable. Like, I think years after that, I remember I was doing um, like a show in front of David Arnold. It was like a showcase or something. And he was like, you're very comfortable in silence. And at first I was like, fuck that mean though no. <laughs> but then i thought about it yeah if you because <clears throat> like sometimes if you ever seen the worst comedian like the like you like i don't understand this i just don't understand why he's successful mm -hmm. it's because they're comfortable Conf and confidence yes and it that's like 75 percent of it mm -hmm. no lie like if you stand on stage if something is not even funny but you stand in it like you believe in it you can sell at least 10 to 15% on it. Mm -hmm. And if you make one person laugh, it, I mean, it's catchy. It's contagious. Like, if you miss on, <laughs> and then it's somebody, <laughs> then, mm -hmm. like, eventually. Like, and I was like, yeah, I am comfortable in silence. Mm -hmm. So it's when I learned to sit in it and think about what I was saying a little bit more. I got a little bit more comfortable on stage. And I didn't necessarily concentrate on funny. I just concentrated on being, on, on, on not being funny. But just standing there and being convicted in who I was mm -hmm. and am. Right. I know that um, when I see, when I met you, you were funny to me at the spot, which oh, you don't remember you. that. Um, but I also, the, the, the comedy that I saw from you when you were personal about like your, your, uh, the breast cancer and the, 
um, I can't remember, you call it the titty cancer or something like that. And I was just like, the fact that you can make, because my background is pediatric oncology. So it was like me being a nurse and knowing like how sick people are when they have cancer, when they go through chemo, when they wait for a transplant. Like, and I know that that's hard as hell, but to see like you make it funny, then I was like, dang, she got something. You know, like, and I really felt like, you know, like you was different than uh, other comedians. So there is no way to make that funny and you made it funny. <laughs> yeah, somebody else recently told me that. Um, no, you know, when I got the funny thing about it is, um, so my grandmother, um, died of breast cancer like six or seven years ago. Um, and she was the first person that I ever known had died of breast cancer. Um, and the closest person to me ever, like I was, me and my grandma's best friends. Anyway, um, I think it was like eighth grade. I learned how to give myself self breast exams mm -hmm. like you gotta lift up and feel every time around my psych i would feel um my cousin came to visit me one day just i'm in the shower and i felt this little knot like it, it was it was mm -hmm. not like you know we get breast lumps typically you know from our cycle but this was a little bit different so i was like i don't like this um and i told my cousin and they were like oh it's probably just because your cycle like da 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 kind of ignored it but it was a thought in the back of my mind and a week later, I was like, man, I'm going to go to the doctor. I I didn't have health insurance at the time, but I remember I called. I must have called at least 50 people. And I was like, hey, I need a mammogram. And all these people kept on saying, yo, we don't give mammograms to people on the Under, Yeah. They just kept saying that to me. And I was like, well, why? It just didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. So um, I forgot where I went first. And... Um, I think I went to like a free clinic or some, the health center, and they were like, eh, you're fine or whatever. And <clears throat> I think a friend of mine was like, you can call this guy. This is my gynecologist or whatever. He works on um, like uh, uh, based on your income basis. And I was like, cool. Um, he was like, he gave me a breast exam himself. Mm -hmm. And he was like, ah, it's just your body changing, you know. Um, when you're over 25, it's like your body, yeah. I'm just like, okay, cool, it's nothing. Still, in the back of my mind, I felt like, I was like, this, this, it's not, this is not going away. I kept feeling it. I was like, this mm -hmm. is not going away. My cycle is gone. Like, this is weird. Went to like three or four doctors. Finally, I was trying to hustle my sister out of some money. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> she good. You know, my sister had been taking care of me for a long time. And I was trying to hustle her. I was like, yeah, uh, so I found this lump and I need to go to the doctor. Mind you, I had already gone to the doctor and they you told me it was good. nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I just need to go and uh, I need to see if you could uh, give me some money. She was like, okay, I'll put it in your account on Monday. No problem. Monday comes. My sister called me like 5 o'clock in the morning because she's in Texas. I'm LA. She's like, yeah, what's the name of your doctor? Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh-huh. I got the look. Let me check. She was like, yeah, well, call me back when you get the name of your doctor because I'm putting it on my credit card. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so you had to go to another right. doctor. I had to go to the real fucking doctor. <laughs> I was like, damn. She, she was like, yeah, I'm just, you just pay for it on my credit card. Well, I wasn't going to the doctor. Anyway, she called me like the next week and she was like, um, she was just like, hey, um, did you go to the doctor? And I was like, no. And then I remember, like, two days later, I decided, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to just go. She paid for the shit. I'm going to just go. Mm -hmm. um, I found a doctor, this women's center in Santa Monica, and um, I went. 
and I saw a radiologist actually, mm-hmm. and she did the breast exam and all this stuff, and she did a, like a, a, a ultrasound, and I saw what it was, the mm-hmm. actual tumor, and um, she was like, oh yeah, it's a fibroid, which weren't, which wasn't unfamiliar to me because I had fibroid, a fibroid on my ovaries, but they were genetic mm-hmm. because my mother had so, and they were very small, so I was like, okay, makes sense. She told me, my, you don't think that the fibroids down there would come up, like I would never think that it would be there, mind you. She said, I am 99% sure mm-hmm. that that's what it is. That's okay. what she told me. 99% sure. Um, I was like, okay. In passing, like it was a very like a passive statement. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, but if you want to get a biopsy, then you can. I didn't think about it. But she told me. I left. And then like a week later, um, I said, she said, I called my sister again, hustling again. <laughs> I was like, Hey, she said, I can get a biopsy. It's going to cost about $500. If you could just send that to me. Cause I gotta, you know, I gotta pay them out a check. I gotta make this person out a check. You know what I'm saying? Just send me the money. Send me the money. She was like, Lakitra, which is my full name. She was like, I'm gonna, that, that's what people call me when they real serious. serious, when they real serious. Um, my family rather. She was like, if you are going to the doctor, I'm going to write them checks, I'm going to, anyway, she paid for the biopsy, I went in, before that, wait, let me backtrack, she said it was some lapidation or something, I didn't even think about this word, but as I'm laying on the table, because at this point, a biopsy is, it's a, what do you call that kind of surgery, um, outpatient, no, where they just cut you open right there, um, non-invasive surgery, a non-invasive surgery, um, really, because they do cut you open. <laughs> and then... Yeah, you be open. <laughs> and they put a needle in you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, as I'm laying on the table, I'm like, uh... Well, no, right before they do it, um, I asked the nurse. She come in, she's talking to me. And I was like, hey, what's, um, lapa, lapa, lapa... She was like, lapidation. It's where, um, the characters of the tumor, they're not... It's not smooth, it's slumpy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Whoa, my mind started racing because I'm like, well, why should I was like, what that means? She was like, yeah, it's just characteristic, different characteristics. And I remember like cancer, they were saying like, oh, it has distinctive features or whatever, regular mm-hmm. than a regular tumor. So as I'm laying on the table, this ran through my mind. Now they have cut me because all they do is numb, they localize mm-hmm. and then they cut you. I hyperventilated on the table. I'm like hot. I'm sweating. I'm crying. I'm like, oh my God. It was real at that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, and she just, the needle is about this long. And she's just like, ooh, a spit. (laughs) Like doing that. Anyway, two days later, like, so I put it, um, you know, I prayed about it. I told my sisters or like whatever. And um, I tried to put it in the back of my mind. I think that was a Wednesday on a Friday. They were like, oh. Can you come in? And I was like, fuck. I knew. Yeah. yeah. I knew. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Caught me. When I got to when I got to their office that Friday, they had like a the waterfall. They had a waterfall in their office, but they never had the water running. <laughs> so they turned the water off. They for you. turned the fucking water off. <laughs> I was like, this some bullshit. <laughs> They, they didn't they take me to so bring they bad had, news. They right, had to turn right, the water on. Turn the waterfall on. So they had this hallway. It's like two offices and then offices. And then 
It's a long hallway. The hallway, they was like, yeah, we're going to put you in a room. Now, they didn't put me in a room. They, like, took me all the way to the back to this room with fucking magazines. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how to deal with it. I was like, this fucked up. <laughs> I was like, "What I'ma do? What mm-hmm. what I'ma what I'ma do? What what, what, what I'ma just die? Like how? I was like, ooh, ooh. I was like, oh, what? I want my coffin to be red though. But I, I was just so thinking, sad. like seriously. I, all this stuff was mm-hmm. running through my mind. The doctor came in. She's like, "How are you doing?" Cause she was Indian, <laughs> and she's like, Most- "I was like, um, we gonna see in a minute." <laughs> and then she's like, "Uh, well." It is cancer. I was like, fuck me. I knew it. Bitch, you said it was not, and it is. I knew it. You said you was not in that. Yes, but it's okay. It's going to be okay. We are going to check the characteristics of it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. I'm not, I'm not going to be okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, my grandmother, yeah. I, I mean, I just lost my grandmother to cancer. And this is like, I seen it take people out just like that. And I'm like, I'm so young. Like, what happened? She was like, they just basically the surgeon just so happened to be there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my doctor, I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, he just so happened to be there, and we went in the conference room and had my family on speakerphone. I was crying, they was crying, everybody was crying. He's like, "It's gonna be okay. We're gonna get you the best health care, and this is what you're gonna do, everybody. These are the steps you mm-hmm. need to take." And you know, just like that, I think in like. Two or three months, I had the lumpectomy, and uh, I had radiation first, then I had the lumpectomy, then I had some more radiation, and um, cancer-free. Hey, and you um when I like when I hear your story, I'm just like, because, again, I've been on the other side of like taking care of people with different types of cancers and needing transplants. But like the way that you connected to, you know, like your personality of it, like the the carefreeness and like the funny, like you find the small, who would think about the waterfall? Like. Who would think about something that simple and that small that is funny, but it's real. And and it, how long did it take for you to be able to talk about your experience um, on stage? Because I know a lot of times, like when I had stuff, like my father wound up losing two limbs um, and it took me a good, maybe three years before I was okay to talk about it. And that's, that didn't happen to me. It was somebody that I was close to, but how long did it take for you to get to the point where like, there is funny in my pain? Yeah, at least two years, but I immediately knew like all the time I, I got a journal and I um, remember like all my fears and stuff, like everything <clears throat> I remember journaling. Cause my sister, she always like, just journal it, journal it. You gon' you gonna need this. But I, I remember thinking, cause at the time I don't think I was fucking funny, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, honestly, I, I think God want me to use this. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. I, I, I know he do. And I was like, this going to be, this is going to be the springboard to make me funny. This is definitely something to talk about. But I didn't talk about it for, like, at least a lot of people didn't know. Um, and I think I felt, honestly, I had to I had to be able to channel, like, my emotions about it. Because I was angry. I was upset. I was sad. I mean, just hit, like, news like that hits you. You think you're going to die, and then you're okay. And then you're like, how to, how to process it? Like, all your friends, young, they running around free. And now I had this, uh, this, uh, you know, a titty that was smaller than, uh, what my titty already was small. You know, I just, I went from an A to a negative A. I had like a full A and a half A cup. So it was just like, 
you know how do how do I channel this? How do I make it funny? Because I had to be able to laugh about it first. Mm-hmm. You know, like people people always gonna sympathize and empathize with you, but I don't think. I, and I would never wish it on anybody, but you can't know what that's like until you experience mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So I had to be able to deal with all these emotions. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to write about this shit because, A, what I didn't like about the process was the fact that everybody just kept saying, you're so young, you're so young, you're so young. And it's like, I w- when I was reading up on it, I saw like a 19-year-old girl had like, mm-hmm. Uh, cancer in both breasts then I mean I I remember thinking about my blessings and it was some guilt too Mm -hmm. I had some guilt because you know I survived Mm -hmm. you know and I'm just thinking like and now you know when I talk about that um women even men Mm -hmm. people somebody always comes up to me and it's like you know I have breast cancer oh my god thank you Mm -hmm. or my my sister or my cousin or somebody died and I'm just like okay I I do have that responsibility to be a light in in lieu of you know this this time you don't you don't always have to be sad you know mm-hmm. it don't this that this doesn't mean it has to be the end mm-hmm. you know I if I can provide somebody with a little bit of laughter then you know I feel at peace I feel like my job is done and I think that's why kind of a little bit of why the Lord like you know he was like ah you I mean you've been through a lot but you might need something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might need a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. Something else to just, like, shape you and mold your story. Mm. So, I'm cool with that. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Me I, too. Um, Me too, shit. No, Queen. but girl, the fact that um, that whole connecting with other people, like, do you feel like, like, I, looking at you, I feel like you are more powerful sharing that on stage in your funny way than before. Like, it's a personal story. Nobody can do that nobody can be Keetra Long in that aspect. Do you think that that particular part of your life has uh, like catapulted your stand-up career? I, I mean, it definitely did. Yeah, because de- like it definitely did. I had a lot of time to sit down and think about that shit and what I wanted, where I wanted my life to be. Mm-hmm. I was, I can, I can honestly say I wasn't as serious about stand-up mm-hmm. before cancer. I wasn't as serious, but um, yeah, writing in that journal, I was like, I got a story to tell and I got to tell it. Mm. Well, good thing you did, because I, I believe in you, girl. I can't wait to see you blow up, blow up. Like, you know. Blow. I'll be like, okay, Keetra, I'll see you. Get it, get it. Get it, get it, get it. I don't think I could have put it as, you know, as good as you. Laughter is the best medicine. That's what I believe in, you know. The fact that you brought laughter to pain is something commendable, girl. Yeah, mm. I mean, I I feel blessed to be able to do that, you mm. know. But your, your uh, ass, the way you talk about Little titty, a titty, a cup, negative a cup. Uh, yeah, because it's it's your truth. This is uh, like right now. This is Patty. Right now, somebody like, people always be like, ah, oh, uh, you don't look like you have breast cancer. Ah, uh, mm, touche, bitch. It's uh, wait, I'm cursing our nurses. No, somebody, mama gonna watch. Touche, <laughs> touche. Yeah, I mean a lot of Patty. Cause I, I mean, I was that too. That was a whole different thing. Um. Getting my breast rebuilt, mm-hmm. I was uh faced with that choice. Oh, that because you know they tell you it's the options. Don't even worry about it. You can get, and I I chose not to mm-hmm. um get like have any reconstructive surgery done to my breast mm-hmm. because shit, yeah, I don't know. 
It could have been. But hey, Victoria's Secret, hook it up. <laughs> Look alive. Victoria's don't, Secret. Don't nobody care. Once guys, they don't even care. Once you once you naked, they okay. I, you know <laughs> they what? Be, do they be you know what? I realize that. I realize that. I used to be remember some night life and no love in basketball, how she was like, I remember my first time being intimate after. He was like, he, you probably, he, was, he was like, don't get your goddamn hand down so I can get to that nipple. Okay. Like, give me that one. They don't Good. care. Yeah. Well, y'all, thank you so yeah, much, Keisha, like for coming. Of course. Thank um, you for having me. This was live. What's next? Oh, Lord. You know, well, right now I'm on um, Laugh After Dog on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Um, ooh. I just did um animation pilot. It just premiered just for laughs. Yes. Um yes. Congratulations. That was that was that was amazing. That was my whole career is a fluke. I prom <laughs> I promise. It, it's like always some that come out of nowhere or some tragedy and then it's like, oh, this one came out. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um that um uh, a pilot for Comedy Central. Please, Lord, let it go. Um and oh, I'm doing my own web series, Bearded. It's loosely based on me and my best friend. It's going to be so, so funny. Um, I shopped it for like two years and like everybody loved it, but nobody didn't want to give me the money to put behind it. And um, I got this great team now and we're going to put it together. And this fall, we're putting together ten episodes, eight, eight episodes. And um, I'm planning on dropping that by November. And it's going to be hilarious. All right, well, y'all keep a lookout for Keetra Long out here killing it.